Yo, so what's up, Hawks? Hawks on the Hill. We're back with uh, episode six, and we got a guest here with us. We got our boy Joe, fellow Hawk, um, stepping in. We got a special episode for you guys today. We're going to talk about some uh, investment stuff, and uh, we're going to share kind of how we got into it uh, and how our respective uh, investments are going currently and how to save money as, as well. Um, being a college student and being limited with your money. So uh, uh, getting kind of eases into it uh, with the playoff, NFL playoffs being set. And we got the seven teams on each side. Who you think is uh, going to be the NFC uh, conference game and the AFC conference game? So who's the um, final four? Final four. So I've got, let's see, I think I'm going to take uh... – um, for the NFC, I think I'm going to be looking at the uh, 49ers, and then uh, I think they'll be – I just want to make sure I get this right because we got 49ers and then uh, – I think, yeah, I think I'd, I'd like to see personally. I think I'd like to see the 49ers Vikings play. Um, yeah. And then uh, AFC, if, um, if we could get a Bengals – uh, would that be what Bengals cards we could end up seeing? Or sorry, Bengals Eagles. I don't know why I said cards, but um, I don't know if the bracket lets it happen, but I'm pretty sure uh, Bengals Eagles would be fun to watch. Or not Eagles. Jeez, I keep Chiefs. doing this. Chiefs. Sorry, Beng- Bengals Chiefs. Yeah. 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 Uh, but um, I think the 49ers this year, they've got it with, I think, with Christian McCaffrey added to the card. Yeah, and, uh, went in the the winning streak they've been on. I think they're going to be they're going to be the team to beat personally. Um, and uh, yeah, and if someone's going to win, might as well be someone out of the uh, Rams, one of the Rams rivals. Give give me a reason to root for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, I think it'll probably come down. I don't have a bracket pulled up, but I think it's gonna. Man, I just hate that Jalen hurts. His, no pun intended. I hate that he's hurt. Yeah, I think it, I think a healthy Jalen Hurts makes the Eagles uh, pretty difficult to beat, um, especially since they would have home field advantage throughout. And Philly, you know how the Philly fans are—they're ruthless. Um, yeah, but uh, I think the 49ers are just too hot right now. So uh, even with the rookie quarterback, I think um, that defense is good enough to at least get them to the conference championship game. Um, so I got I got Niners and um, you know what I got Niners Eagles. Um, I just don't mm-hmm. I don't I don't trust Kirk Cousins as much as I trust uh, Jalen Hurts, even if he's not healthy. I just think uh, Kirk doesn't really show up that well in, in really big games when you need him. So um, I think if you can. Um, you know, minimize Justin Jefferson. The uh, Vikings are kind of one-dimensional after that. Um, on the AFC side, I think um, I just—it's kind of hard betting against Patrick Mahomes. At least going to the AFC Championship game, he does it at least every year. He's been a starter, so uh, I think it's going to be a rematch with Chiefs and Bengals, and I think the Chiefs win this time. So I say. Uh, I'd like to see a Chiefs Eagles Super Bowl, but I think it's going to be Chiefs 49ers 2.0. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think 
the same outcome this time just because uh I mean that's that Niners defense is atrocious. That that front seven is crazy, but I think if it come down to it, you need you're gonna need one of those quarterbacks to make a play. I think I trust Patrick Mahomes and I would trust a rookie quarterback. Um so I think it's gonna be Eagles Chiefs. I mean uh Chiefs uh Niners and I think Chiefs win it all. Okay. I get, I can uh, definitely see that going. I yeah. I want Brock Purdy to take it because if Mr. Irrelevant could get it done, that'd be yeah, that'd be something crazy to watch. Like uh that'd definitely a be story. a uh Nick Foles, Nick Foles taking the Eagles kind of deal oh, yeah. there. So oh, yeah. it'd be it'd be fun to watch. But yeah, I think I think the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs take it this year. But yeah, um, yeah, that'd be that'd be something special yeah. though. Yeah, disclaimer, yeah. I'd like to see a new person win though. So I definitely would like to see I really wish Lamar wasn't hurt, but um I really even though if he was healthy, I don't think their team's just good enough to win, but I think I'd like to see Josh Allen finally do it, but I just don't think I don't think he can beat either Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes if it came down to it. So um, I don't I don't either. I think he's got a lot of talent and he's got a lot of like receivers that he could build off of, but I just I don't see him beating yeah. out those offenses outright yeah. or yeah. No, no, I don't. Uh, I mean, I guess we could ask. I mean, who you think is going to be MVP? Or who you? I mean, I think we know who's MVP, but I think who would you, excluding Patrick Mahomes, who would you have liked to see him win it? I would have really liked to. I think I think Jalen Hurts or if Lamar Jackson, either of them, if they hadn't been hurt, I think that would be yeah. great to see them get MVPs. Um, they've, like, especially seeing Gardner Minshew play these what, yeah. two games. Yeah. You, yeah. you saw how important Jalen Hurts was to this Eagles, Eagles offense. And... Um, I think I think he he worked pretty hard for that, and then um, yeah, Lamar Jackson. I mean, that man's been pretty much carrying that um, yeah that Ravens Ravens offense for a while now. But it really showed after he was gone; they had no answer in the quarterback position. So I think yeah, excluding Patrick Mahomes, one of those two definitely. Yeah, uh, I think Jalen would have been. I think he a lot of people the the week the week he got hurt after the Bears game. I think a lot of people had him the favorite. Because uh, Pat had just had a bad game the week before, and um, and he didn't have a great game that week, but he still came back and won it. Um, I think uh, honestly, had Jalen not got hurt, and it's a shame that because you get hurt, they take the award from you. Because I don't think, I think whether you're hurt or not, it, it Gardner makes you start, and nothing against Gardner, but it just showed that how valuable Jalen was to his team. And look at Baltimore. Baltimore can't score more than 12 points without Lamar. Exactly. So, um, it just showed how valuable those two guys are to their teams. So um, we know if you take Patrick Mahomes off the Chiefs, they aren't nowhere near as good as they are, and I get that. And, I mean, he's the best quarterback in football. Um, but at this, I think this year MVP should have been Jalen Hurts. Um, it's a shame he got hurt right at the end, but right exactly. Uh, but I think he made significant improvements um, this year because um, uh, as we watch, I think we watched that playoff game at work um, with him in the Bucks, and he did not look great. I mean, he got benched no. in that game. So yeah, from that from that game to this season, it's like night and day. Uh, uh, it's really nice to see him turn himself into a quarterback, an NFL quarterback. Yeah. No, it's been it's been fun. it's been a fun season though. I think this is one of the better NFL seasons for in, in a long time. It's got 
some crazy stuff going on. So I've, I've had a good it year. Kinda, yeah, good. it's kind of hard to judge it. This yeah. year it was wild. Everything was all over the place. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, you know what we do on our podcast? We do a spotlight uh, player or team that we've just looked at, you know, and we're like, this player has just exceeded expectation or they just had a hell of a week. Or same thing with a team, a team that exceeded expectation or just had a hell of a week. So uh, I'm going to do, let's go spotlight team and spotlight player of the season. So um, what do you think? Who do you think is a team that came out of nowhere that just really oh, surprised you this year? I think that, I think if I can pick a team, but a specific part of the team, I think back half season Jags mm-hmm. surprised, surprised me the most. I mean, you had, I mean, what were they last year? Two, two or three wins? Nothing, nothing crazy. Yeah. 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 And this yeah. year they're looking at the playoffs with Trevor Lawrence and basically still looking like a rookie. And he had he had nothing crazy to work with. And he he worked really hard at the back of this season to get into the playoffs. And while they just barely squeaked in by beating a pretty rough Titans team, like I'd still yeah. say that was that was a lot of work they did. And they surprised me for sure. Mm-hmm. Um Player-wise, um, I liked seeing – I really liked seeing Christian McCaffrey on a different team, on a, on a winning team. Christian McCaffrey's a whole other beast if he's healthy. And it was it was really apparent in his, what, first game with four touchdowns Yeah, he had with I, the 49ers. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey with Kyle Shanahan as a cheat coat. Uh, exactly. Um, I, I like to see next year – I think next year he would have – he's like a, got an outside shot at MVP if he stays healthy just because – uh, Kyle Shanahan is going to find every way. I mean, look what he did with Debo last year. So yeah. Kyle Shanahan is going to find every way possible to get him the ball. Um, and I think we're going to see it in the playoffs too. Uh, I think my spotlight team, I was going to pick the Jags, but since you picked the Jags, I'm not. I'm going to go in the NFC and I'm going to say the Lions. I know they didn't make okay. the playoffs, but uh, they're 9-8. and eight. Uh a lot of people had no one in four, maybe five games this year. Um, the season didn't start out great for them, but the back half, just like the Jags, if they wouldn't have lost that game against Carolina, I don't know how they lost it. I mean, I know how, but like, if they wouldn't right. have lost that game against Carolina, they would be in the playoffs. And so um, that team is going to be scary next year. They're really young. They got a lot of cap. They got draft capital. Um, I, I really think uh, – Dan Campbell, I was skeptical at first, but I think we really think Dan Campbell is the right coach for that team. They have like so much young talent, and it looks like they play hard for him. Um, and Jared Goff, I've always been a, I know you've been a Rams fan, uh, yeah. you're familiar with Jared, but I've always liked Jared as a quarterback, and I think he got he got a little more blame in in, in L.A. than he should have. Um, but I'm not a Rams fan, so I'm not like on the inside of that. But uh, I think in Detroit, Jared has shown that okay, he is a starting quarterback in this league. And honestly, though, I don't think the Lions need to worry about quarterback now. I think they can go in no. and attack some of the needs that they get. I'd say uh, I'd say he's looking like yeah. a franchise quarterback. And shout out to the Lions for knocking the Packers out because I personally uh, I can't stand the Packers. I can't, so I shout can't out stand Aaron Rodgers. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> shout out shout out to them for doing that yeah. this year. They got to give them credit. But definitely. Uh, I think my spotlight player, I'm going to go Geno Smith. Uh, I picked him on one okay. of my previous pod, podcast episodes, but uh, 
Geno Smith kind of uh, makes me feel old um, because I remember watching Geno um, at West Virginia and like there was times where he was a Heisman candidate and he was going to be like the best quarterback in that class and it didn't work out that way. EJ Manuel went first, like the first quarterback in that class, which is tells you everything you need to know about that QB class. But Geno's journey from, you know, going to New York to the Jets, a bad situation, and then it got worse and worse, and then he was a career backup. To have the season he had after, let's just be honest, the greatest Seahawk the Seahawks have ever had left and following right. their, following his footsteps, um, he's just done a great job uh, to uh, take on that mantle. And, I mean, he's got him in the playoffs. Nobody expected the, the Seahawks yeah. to be good, let alone him. So not at all, especially with, especially with all the issues of, yeah, you know, Russell Wilson was gone, all that stuff happening. There was kind of like up in the air, especially with the running back position being, yeah, being an issue. He, Gina Smith really, really showed that he has a starter potential and he's been, he's been waiting for it for a while. So I have, yeah, big credit to Gino this year. It was, really, it was really, crazy to watch. Yeah. Gino was really, Gino was really great. Uh, also that Seahawks draft class was insane. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know how they did it, but that was one of the best draft classes in the recent decade. So, uh, and I'm a Colts fan. I remember the draft class where we got uh, Shaquille Leonard, Quentin Nelson, and Braden Smith. And I think that Seahawks draft class is better this year. Uh, uh, the Jets draft class is pretty good too. But kind of, kind of bring it in and uh, kind of switch gears a little bit. Uh, so. I, I I heard in passing, like as we were talking, we've kind of you know shared our how we got started with saving or uh, managing our money um, as relatively young men. Um, uh, what 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 were some of the practices you 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 did as a uh, undergrad student, you know, going into uh, you know college? I think my biggest one was making sure when I. Um... I've worked since I was 16 and my parents have been big on this, just kind of building that savings uh, your whole life. And then uh, once I got out to college, um, I, I worked, worked hard in high school, made sure, you know, scholarships, stuff like that would be possible. And uh, I, even then I worked, you know, we worked together. That's how we met. Um, yeah. Taking, taking a living inside your means, especially right now when, it's expected, especially with college, you know, you come in, you don't have to live exuberantly. You can live in a, you know, 300 square foot apartment for next to nothing and save money. And uh, that's my big thing is pretty much live, not poor. I don't I think yeah. that's a poor way to put it, but live, live a lot simpler, more disciplined. Like you don't need to be, you don't need anything crazy. You don't need to live crazy. Um, and that's been my big thing. And then after you've built up, uh, it's like that three, three to four months of expenses. Once you've built that up behind it, start investing money, about 50% of the money um, that you have in excess after that. And that's what I've been doing. I've had a, uh, um, I have a uh, life compounding life insurance plan through Northwest Mutual, as well as a uh, personal uh, Roth IRA that I pay into. Um, and then in my military time, I have a TSP guaranteed TSP account that I have to pay into. So 
I got that as well. But um, I'd say my biggest thing is, yeah, living living below what you could live at because there's no there's no need to be above the bar right now. You're living to show people that you're living well, you know. Uh, what 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 would you say to a student that uh, you know they had to take a few loans out for school, and um, they they also have to work to pay for uh, room and board, uh, things like that. Uh, what would you say to a student that's like, hey, I got so much student, I got so much student debt when I'm coming out. Um, what would be a way to manage that before they have to start making those payments? Um, in, in college, what what would be a good practice to have in college while preparing for that? I mean, me personally, I think um, I think the one big thing that happens a lot of people, yeah, well, they're coming out, they they stall and they're like, oh, I don't have to make payments, so I'm done. All this stuff. I still think it's critical. You should be making payments. I mean, most of us don't go to school in the summer. Summer yeah. jobs are huge. You can work. Um, a lot of internships are paid now. Uh, I highly recommend just any. Any way to get rid of the debt as soon as possible or just really cut back on that principle because the big thing with student loans is people are paying so much toward their interest after they get out and they're barely killing that principle and then you're paying it off when you're, you know, you're like 45, 50 and you've got other debt, you're trying to get a house, you got a car, stuff like that. It's just beating you down. Um, so my big thing is once you have the means to do it, start paying into it. Um, I know that's kind of, kind of the standard view of like debt is like yeah. once you once you can do, but I think, I think trying to get at it in college is definitely important. Um, student jobs are a great way, especially with like what we did, um, or well, where we work, uh, working for somewhere where you can get more, more than one thing out of it. Like I was able to get significant amounts of like food just for working with like yeah. the job, things like that. And especially for people with like food insecurity, living like that, where they're like, oh, I don't know if I can get all my meals. You work at a dining hall, it's not a great job, but I mean, think about how much money you probably save just, you know, eating your two free meals or whatever on your shifts. So I, um, but I highly recommend paying and, um, or any long-term investing you can do, especially in college to so small, like even the Robinhood accounts, if you can yeah. leave money in there and avoid capital gains tax. So over that over one year tax, tax cuts you get um, for short-term, short-term uh, payments. Uh, those can help you huge with like paying loans off stuff like that. If you have just a small, small savings, small um, investment account that just builds while you're while you're in school. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I, uh, I I started investing um, kind of early, um, but kind of late at the same time. Uh, at a savings account because um, I started working as well, like fifteen and a half, maybe sixteen, um, and uh, I didn't start making like. I went to school with a lot of kids that, you know, two, three hundred dollars they make that and it's gone. You know, for me, right. you know, when you have when you're in high school and you have your parents paying for everything, um and my parents you know, paying for everything, I felt like my duty was to save money and, and take as much off them for college as possible, you know. So I mean I, I if I made $150 a week for working somewhere, I'm probably saving 75, you know, I mean, I still, I'm a, I'm a high school kid, so I still want stuff, but um, right. it's constantly making that, that, that sacrifice or that compromise to yourself. Like, Hey, this is for a future. Um, and 
uh, a practice that I have now as an as an adult, someone that's now out of co a college officially, um, even in college, I look at when I get a paycheck. I already have in my mind that there's a portion of that check that's gone, so it's not mine, right? right. So I can't miss something I never had. So if if I look at it from that standpoint, um, if I get check from Hillcrest the dining facility work at, um, I I can put that all in a savings account because I have another job. And I look at that as, okay, uh, I don't have that. Um, technically, it's in an account somewhere, but I don't have that. That's not for me to use. That's money for something else. Um, and, and when I got started in investing is around uh, uh, COVID, so around 2019 going into 2020, um, you know, as a, 22 year old making a significant amount of money as a bachelor you're like you start to think like my cost of living is low um, right if i can live off of hell i lived off twenty six thousand dollars a year for like three years so if i can do that and i know people that can live off less so like if i can do that and i'm making a significant amount of money there's no excuse for me to try to figure out why i'm young Make take those gambles, you know, uh, put money into real estate or uh, other accounts that can multiply over time. So um, for me, uh, it was always a planning for the future because I know people and I know what it's like to live check to check. And I felt like, you know, if I work at a place and I get to the point where I want to retire, I feel like I should be able to, you know. And I have to worry about, man, I need to invest more time because I don't have the funds to do it. And exactly for me, that's always been a thing. Just looking towards the future and seeing what I want future me to have to deal with, you know. Exactly. And that's the I look at it similar, you know, the future, future Joe or future, future D kind of thing. So it's like, yeah, I've, I can live, I can live. I don't have to live as great now. I'm yeah. Like you said, a young bachelor yeah. hanging out. Like, I mean, I got real few expenses. I have to eat food, pay rent, and cover like a gym membership. That's pretty much yeah. all I got to do to function. So I don't need a ton of money and I can treat it. I can do exactly like you said. I can treat like, I'd say about 30 to 40% of my paycheck as just invested money. Or mm -hmm. um, with, I've, yeah, I've got my military is kind of my side gig yeah. right now. Um, I, I take 50% of that check and that goes straight into an investment account. It doesn't, I don't see it. And it's, it's been working so far. I mean, I have no, if I don't, if I don't see the money disappear and I just get part of that mm -hmm. check, it's, it's gone, it's gone. So, um, I think it's important to, to really like view money, not as like, you need to spend it on now, or I have all this now. It's the, some of this is cut out for me in the future. Like, you know, you got wife, kids, house, car, all that stuff. It's just, it's better to, it's better to come into something with the safety net than try to build it right as you're developing something in your life. Yeah. So, yeah, I I, I, uh, I definitely uh, agree with that. Um, uh, the uh, the biggest thing uh, I'm a big big advocate for uh, financial literacy in schools. You know, I really Same. think that's something that should be taught um, for for people that are like starting out. You know, um, and I know we, we you've probably experienced this as well. Like how many times you've seen a buddy of yours that's like, or a friend or acquaintance that's graduating and they're applying for jobs in California and New York and things like that. And they're looking at a salary. And in my mind, you know, 
I'm thinking like if you're making one hundred twenty thousand dollars in California, that's not the same as making one hundred twenty thousand dollars in Iowa. You know, exactly. so you just really got to look at how much your taxes are. What do you got to pay? Are you living in a state that has no state tax? What is your federal taxes going to look like every year? What's rent going to? And I think, um, you know, as a man that's that's you know lived in a few places in this country, I think. Honestly, financial literacy is very important, not only for anyone, but for people our age coming out, because this is right at the prime age where a lot of the mistakes we make financially can have serious ripple effects into our future, because if we understand it now, we can kind of limit it, um, uh, financial hiccups in the future. And obviously, Joe and I are both not saying that um, everything's perfect and we've invested in things that are like completely like like for me personally i know i've taken losses in areas in some places but at the same time you use it as learning experiences but you took those risks and you calculate it and you figured out okay what can i do differently from the next time but at the same token we understand what our finances are um uh i i hate i hope i'm not speaking for joe but like we understand what we can and can't invest so if you're not yep. okay with losing it don't invest it um but uh the the point is financial literacy i think should be taught um and if it's not even being taught in schools i mean it's kind of hard for parents to teach their their kids finance something they don't understand so um i really think uh part of the issues that we have with money um especially with people our age is not the understanding of not just what you're being paid but what realistically you're gonna have to pay before you even receive your money, you know? Right. So um, I, I definitely am a big proponent and advocate for uh, financial literacy. Um, I think it should start being taught, you know, sixth, seventh grade, you know, understanding what your finances look like. Yeah, no, I think I think you're definitely like right on the ball. Like the school's getting rid of like home economics, the just like basic and like basic, like, I don't know, like real world intelligence classes for in favor of other stuff that doesn't matter as much. Like, I don't, I think, I think you should, like in high school, like you should be functional enough to be able to do at least some of your own taxes. I know most yeah. kids are still dependent on the parents, but I mean, you get to college and a lot of kids break that dependency role. They're filing their own taxes, they're living their own life. And um, I think it's important to understand, you know, like, where's my money going? How mm -hmm. am I living? Like, where? um why is why am i losing you know like 25 percent of my paycheck to yeah some of social security stuff like this and when i'm gonna see social security and me personally I'm, i've always i've always treated social security as it's it's supposed to be that safety net safety net almost like mm -hmm. you can't especially with how like even our own government and politicians talk about it um we might not be able to see all that money that we've put into it when we actually retire and it might take a while to, for us to see it so yeah. i think um, I think just keeping knowledge on that and then also remembering that, yeah, investing in yourself long-term is going to be the most important thing you can do with your money now, because yeah, that low cost of living, especially for us in Iowa at the moment yeah. where you look at, yeah, New York, California rent, you're looking at, you know, for the same place I'm currently living in, rent's going to be like $1,500, $1,600. It's a lot yeah. more and your salary. Yeah. It might, it might be, you know, six figures, but that's not the same six figures and whatever state you're living in or, yeah. um, and after taxes, it's even less than that. So I think, 
I think, yeah, I think a lot more people need to know what they're paying into, how they're paying it, like where their money's going. Uh, but I'd be, I definitely, yeah, I definitely agree. Financial literacy for anyone is more important than I think that than society like focuses on it. So, yeah, yeah uh, d- definitely. Um, I, I really, uh, I mean, obviously I had to learn that my, my parents, my, my pops was, but my mom, my mom is not the greatest, um, person in financial literacy, but, um, I mean, she did okay budgeting, but like, uh, trying to understand as a college student, how I'm working two jobs and I'm barely making a thousand dollars between those two jobs, but my rent's $500. And then there's other stuff like maybe I need to buy a book on a whim or something, or, uh, there's some crazy school expense or I need to eat. So like, like, like Joe said, we have, we have or had a very uh, beneficial job where we got paid, but we also, I, I'm telling you, I, I think I definitely spend more money on food when we're on breaks than I do actually when we're in school because around the time you eat, you get home, you're just ready to go to bed because you've worked all day, you've already eaten. So maybe eat once at home pretty much is how it goes. Maybe once or twice if I'm home and then you know, eat maybe twice at work. So jobs like that in college are really been really helpful because it eliminates one, it eliminates one thing almost um, where, especially now since food cost is just really crazy right now with inflation. So uh, I think as, uh, and I'm no guru or anything, but I think as a uh, uh, wiser uh, ex-grad student, um, I think, uh, if I knew a percentage of the stuff I know at 26, at 20, I'd probably be in an even better place. So uh, I think um, the biggest thing um, in investing I can tell you is obviously one is don't invest something you don't have or you're not willing to lose. But secondly is figure out what you're doing. Like if if you want to invest in something but you have no idea what it is man this stuff's all over there's trading there's there's stocks there's i mean crypto used to be the thing but uh there's so much like real estate there's like uh getting an llc or offshore all that uh there's so many things you can do to set yourself up to the point where while you're learning you can already have things set in place that when it's time to start investing and you're ready to make that plunge you've got all the education you feel like you need to to uh uh make a plunge in that area you're looking for so uh um joe joe's my man that's why i brought him on a pod you know he's he's got got some uh sauce in that area and he's a military guy so um i always love a military guy so uh definitely um i think we can we can attack some you know what we didn't i wanted to talk about demar hamlin and i don't know how much of that information you know about uh, um but um we both played sports in high school and um i played a little bit in, in in college but we both played sports growing up and we understood the severity of i think we knew we heard the severity of injuries but i think as kids we don't really think about it as much as we probably should um 
and uh, watching what happened with DeMar Hamlin uh, kind of um, re- reaffirmed that for me. Um, it's like, man, you know, you're out there playing and you're playing for the pure love of it. And at any given second, that could be gone. Um, so uh, I just want to touch on a DeMar Hamlin situation and how uh, that correlates with um, all of America um, because it, it brought all of America together. Yeah. They play a violent sport, but you, you still watch it for the entertainment. And sometimes we forget as uh, consumers that this is a game that can be for life or death. Right. No. Um. Yeah. No. I watched it on on live when it happened. But I mean, it was first of all, yeah, it's always shocking. Like you, you think about it, and I know there's a couple, there's a couple scary injuries this year, just in general. Like, um, I believe is that the Lions uh, corner that went down at like right at the beginning of the season with that neck injury, just yeah. stuff like that. That's crazy, crazy that you don't think about. But I do think the like community response to it. And I think the way I think for one of the first times ever, the NFL handled something fairly yeah. well with like canceling that game and letting yeah. everyone get home, checking, checking on the players, the coaches, shout out to the coaches for the bills and the Bengals who, um, who came together and like, Hey, we're, we're good to not play. We can, we can reschedule. This, this is, this is about more than one just getting our guys back out on the field and getting viewers to see a football game kind of thing. Um, and, I mean, the uh, I think it was, was the DeMar Hamlin toy drive yeah, that he yeah. had going that raised Bills Mafia, Bengals fans, everyone around America raised a ton of money in that. And and I think the overall support for just like um, DeMar in general, um, the universal, like no, no hate, nothing like that was incredible. And I think I think that's really what matters. And also, I think we've seen it out of the Bills Mafia now just. The amount, the amount of community support behind them, like uh, yeah. Tua, Tua came out, and after his concussion, he said that Bills Mafia fans were donating like crazy to his his causes and drives. It's his charity and drives as well, which I thought was amazing. I mean, you think about the Bills Mafia, you're thinking about you know drunk dudes breaking tables in a parking lot. Yeah. So, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's, yeah, I think it's, I think it's really cool that um you've seen like the humanity of this sport. But yeah, yeah. and you also forget you know an injury, an injury is for us like high I mean I played high school sports I didn't go anywhere in college but injury for us it was just you know you're back in school nothing crazy but it's a livelihood for these guys and I think I think that the NFL and also the the fans around America handled it better than I thought they than I think I would have if you had told me it was going to happen like a week 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 prior kind of thing um the NFL right there's one of the few times they got something right I agree with that um but Buffalo um, I mean, a few years ago, like I think 2017 or something like that, um, uh, Cincinnati beat some team for Buffalo to make it to the playoffs for the first time. And like, I think it had been like 20 years or something like that. And Buffalo sent so much, like they donated to Andy, Andy Dalton's uh, yeah. charities. And so like Buffalo Bills fans, um, um, have gone on the radar, but they have been also in the public, like about the humanity that they have. And it's crazy because they're a very eccentric fan base. Uh, they're they're a little wild, but um, they just shows the 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 greatness. I mean, it's a small town in New York, so it's a great community aspect. I want to applaud Cincinnati as well um, because 
the fact that they uh, I heard that they the city of Cincinnati um, put up his family in the hotel. They took care of all that uh, food, all that. Uh, so Cincinnati and Buffalo did a great job by them, just themselves did a great job of handling that situation. Um, the fans that were at the game that stood out all night um, on the watch for DeMar was great. Um, I just want to say um, in one of the most tragic um, this country, just like any other country in this world, has its faults and its faults. But um, this country is one of the, I think, is the premier country in responding to tragedy. Uh, uh, we do our best work in tragedy, and I know it, that that doesn't sound great, sounds backhanded, but I will say uh, I have never seen for a sporting event um, since I've been alive. Uh, where something that tragic happens on the field and watch all the, the, the people of different, you know, political, religious, you know, beliefs and all that come together and all for a common goal to see DeMar wake up and uh, be as okay as he can be um, coming out of that situation. Uh, I, I definitely think uh, uh, the country as a whole gets to, get to, uh, Pat on the back for how how we handled that. The oh, I definitely definitely agree. I don't I don't think I don't think there was a better way to handle it, and I think they did a like, great job, especially with yeah. just everything happening. Um, yeah. And I like to go on record and say, T. Higgins, you did nothing wrong, man. Oh yeah, no, I thought that was yeah. crazy. People were talking to T. Higgins. I mean, you, even yeah. when you watch the play, can't fault no. the guy for being just big and getting hit. That's just that's football. That's all, that's every single play in football is being big and getting hit. So I don't think, yeah, T. Higgins does not deserve anything other than, other than a little just checking in, to make sure he's doing okay. But yeah, all right. So before what we do to wind it down is we we do some some um, firecracker uh, questions um, and you know, rapid fire or whatever, but it's not, you don't want to answer, you don't want to answer. Um, first football memory as a kid, whether it be college football, high school, first football memory. Uh, so my first football memory, um, this is one of the reasons I was a Rams fan, I watched uh, Steven Jackson. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, my whole, yeah, my whole childhood, Steven Jackson with the, as a Rams running back and watching him just, I don't know, play big man football was always one of my favorite yeah. things. And I didn't play football until I got to high school, but he was just one of my favorite, favorite running backs to watch. Cause he was, he was just, he was down and dirty power back. It was, he was going to get hit. He was going to hit you and he wasn't going, he wasn't going to break his stride if you weren't going to tackle him. So that was like one of my, that was one of my favorite football memories of all time. All right. Why Iowa and two-parter? Why Iowa? And now that you made that decision, do you regret it? Um, so I came to Iowa because I received the most scholarship money um, for academics with them. Um, but I don't regret it at all. I've met, I've met a lot of great people, um, met some of my best friends here. I've made great connections. Um, just right now, a connection I met at Iowa, talking to you on the podcast has been great. Um, uh, I've been given a ton of opportunities from this place. Um, I don't, yeah, no, no regrets. I do, I do plan to move again though, just so I can yeah. get back to more outdoor activities. Like we've talked about before. I'm from the, yeah. from the coast, from the mountains. I like, I like being outside and 
as nice as Iowa is in the summer, the the winters kill me, and there's no mountains yeah. to be on. <laughs> but, yeah. Beautiful side of the country you're from. Uh, I love yeah. the west side of this country, and uh, anytime I get a chance to go back to Wyoming, I, I jump at it. Yeah. Uh, uh, if you could go anywhere in the world, uh, all expenses paid, anywhere in the world for a six-month time period, where would you go? Um, personally, I'd love to see Africa. I've never, uh, that's the one part of the world I've never truly like been to. Um, I've seen some of Asia, um, little Europe, and I know, I know a lot about South America, but I think Africa is one of the places that it's just so diverse and no one talks about it much, but I mean, you have like gorgeous, gorgeous scenic views. Kilimanjaro is supposed to be one of the most beautiful places in the world um, at the top of it. Um, the wildlife, I mean, safari, I mean, people talk about safaris and all that, but I mean, I don't know. You never see anything as cool. Personally, to me, I, there's nothing cooler than just lions in general. And I've always wanted to see them like up close and personal. I think I think I enjoy six months in Africa. If everything was paid for and I didn't have to worry, Africa, I think I'd be there for in a second. I'm with your brother. Yeah. I'm with your brother. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you got to pick, you got to pick one of these two players. Uh, your, your, your life is on the line and you need them to go on a two-minute drive. Are you taking Tom Brady or Peyton Manning? Ooh. Am I taking them? Am I taking them in the prime? That's the prime, question. Prime. Prime. I think I'm taking. I think I'm taking Tom Brady in his prime because, I, I know I know as a Colts fan, and probably with Tom, <laughs> and Peyton Manning fan, it hurts you a little bit. But yeah. I don't know. I think I think watching that stretch of Tom Brady just dominate football, and then I mean he still probably has one of the greatest comebacks until yeah. I watched Kirk Cousins do it. But in a Super Bowl to do that under that I much pressure. That man, that man, yeah, it's it's hard, it's hard to beat that. It's yeah. hard to beat that just that animal that Tom Brady can be when he's when he's really feeling it and he's got he's got a game on the line. I think I'm gonna take Tom. All right, last part, last last one, and I'm gonna let you get out of here. Or right, this is you know not uh I'd like to say, okay, this is a, a debate that that um uh, people have, but who is the best running back in NFL history? I mean, you got a lot of greats. The best running back in NFL history. Oh man, um, I think I think I will forever be a Barry Sanders best running back in NFL history guy. Um, I think it's a I think it's an absolute shame he. He didn't win more than he did, and um, but I mean, he was he was in an entire franchise for his entire career. I mean, when he was with when he was with the Lions, until it took him it took the Lions till this year with Jamal Jamal Williams to beat to beat his yeah. touchdowns in a season. Um, he was just all speed, all athleticism, and he was he was another another thing to watch. And even watching his highlights now, like it's just. Uh, I would would have loved to see him in like the modern era of football because I mean he was he was fast like we want all of our running backs to be yeah. he had he had the size and he had the power to just he could have dominated and uh, absolutely yeah I think there's some good contenders now like um, Derrick Henry when he's when Derrick Henry's healthy I think he's great um, yeah I wish Jonathan Taylor had a better year this year so he definitely get in that conversation but yeah. like I think I think for me it's always going to be Barry Sanders.
I agree with you. Uh, uh, I love Walter Payton. It's hard for me to go against Walter Payton, but yeah. Barry Sanders is actually the first football figure in my life that I like. I remember reading a book of Barry Sanders in like third, fourth grade, a biography about him. And so Barry Sanders is my first ever favorite uh, sports figure. Um, so I agree, definitely agree with Barry Sanders. Uh, he's right there for me with Roberto Clemente. So uh, okay. love Barry. Uh, uh, thanks for stopping by. Uh, thanks for visiting the Hawks, man. Um, hopefully to have you on uh, sometime in the near future, man. Thanks, man, and uh, peace. Yeah, it was good to see you, man. Have a good, great day. Bye. Bye.